On today's show, we talk about family members and vaccines and boundaries. We talk about postpartum anxiety, and we talk about what happens when your buddy's got a problem with drinking and you don't know what to do next. Stay tuned. This is John with the Dr. John Maloney Show, and we're so glad you're here. Islands in the stream, that is what we are. What's the next word there? And then you sail away. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me to another world. We will rely on each other. Uh huh. From one lover to another, oh. <laughs> James has just got his face in his hands. Listen, I love it. We're I love it. We're, we're ending the show with lyrics, and we're starting the show with singing. The past two shows, we've done that. I think that whatever song happens to be in my head at the time that you roll this this hippity hoppity punk rock song that we have, <laughs> it's like from some catalog. I think that. We sh- the, the world deserves to know the song in my head. You know what? People who say that drive me crazy. The world deserves to know what's it. They don't. Absolutely. Nobody cares. Just do your thing, yo. Do your thing. But from one lover to another, uh-huh. if you want to be on this show, give us a shout at 1-844-693-3291. You can leave a message and Kelly will call you back or not, but I, she probably will. She'll give you a call. Or you can um, write me an email at askjohn at ramseysolutions.com or go to johndeloney.com slash show. Fill out the form. Hey, Kelly, do more people call or write? Oh, definitely email. Uh, the form. Yeah. The, uh, the, fill the, form, the form. They fill out the form. That's the, the way most of them come in. And by the way, um, to those of you who are invested in this competition here, those who are pro- Horse noise, y'all are getting behind. There's been a whole new wave of people who are fully Team James here um, who have had enough of any sort of animal noise on this show at all, which is a catastrophe. At this point, I've just given up, and I'm just letting you do whatever you're going to do. But we've also gotten a lot of emails defending the grammar police. And last show, you said, (laughs) I'm going to send in the the Calvary again. Again? Again? That's where Jesus died. I was <laughs> not a horse and a soldier. Um, I did speak this week <laughs> in front of like 3,000 people, and I said drowning again, I guess. And James, like part of our soul died when we, walked, when we were listening to it. I know, dude. It's like, look how smart I am, everybody. I got a low self-esteem. I got to tell you about all these degrees, and I'm drowning. It's what endearing it? at this point. It's not. It's embarrassing. Is it? It's endearing. It, it's endearing if it's not you. Anyway, I'm so glad that you're here. Allen's in. Let's go to Deb. Let's go to Deb in Richmond, Virginia. Deb, how are you this morning? I am doing well. How are you? You can tell that probably not great. <laughs> I need to practice my show <laughs> openers. I'm actually doing awesome. I just need to get my stuff together a little bit better. I'm so glad that we get to talk this morning. What can I do to help? How are you? Okay, I'm um, doing all right. So, first of all, thank you for taking my call. Appreciate it. And I wanted to get your opinion on um, a situation with our grown kids. They're in our 30s, and my husband and I are in our 50s. 
And they pretty much have given us an ultimatum that we either get the COVID vaccine or they will not come visit us. Okay. Do they have little ones too? They do not. Okay. So it's just them. Yeah. So tell me what's on your heart and mind. So first of all, we got this in an email. Okay. And when I first read it, I was beyond livid. So I haven't responded because I don't want to speak in anger. That never works out well. Hey, can I high five you for that? That's big, right? (laughs) Deb, you're getting all thank you. (laughs) You're getting all grown up. That's such a good move. This is new (laughs) Deb, right? Well, no, um, well, maybe the last decade or so. Yeah, trying not just trying to get more control of anger and you know, just not speak in anger. There, so anyway, you're making my heart feel good. You know, All right, so you got raged out, and then what? And so, been thinking about it, been praying about it. Just feel like, and my husband as well. We both feel like that we're being manipulated. That we're not. Our feelings towards getting the vaccine have not been respected. And in fact, neither one of us can really remember either of our kids asking us why you know, that we're undecided at this point. So um, we just have all these emotions going through our minds. And, you know, there's a teeny, teeny part of me that is thinking, should I even be getting upset? I mean, this is family. Family is family. Family is important. Our kids are everything to us. So are we okay? I mean, is it okay to let this vaccine get in the way of the relationship? That seems so wrong on one level. Yeah. So anyway, just calling to. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to ask some easy questions and then some hard ones. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to mix them all up. So you don't know which one's coming. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. So what is it about you and or your husband? This one's going to be not fair. I'm coming out of the gate hard. Okay. What is it about you and your husband that your, is it your son or your daughter? It's both our kids. Oh, yeah. both your kids. Okay. Yeah. What is it about both of your kids that they felt like they could not talk to you? They had to send you an email. What is it about Honestly? your environment that, or the way that you have responded things to the past? What was it about their, their fear level with you that they felt like they had to do this in an email? Well, I had not thought about it from that angle. But in the past, from their perspective, it's always been good to have a record of what's been said so that later on we can go back and see who said what about what. So is so, there... But I hadn't thought that maybe they don't feel safe coming to us and actually talking to us. And one thing you do need to know is that both of them are out of state. Sure, sure. So, so that makes it a little different. What about the past that they felt like they needed a record have they told y'all something and then y'all go ahead and do what you want to do? Or you, you think they said one thing and they think you said one thing, so now we're, we're putting everything in writing? Um, I think it's more been something that they've learned from family members, that it's always good to have a record. Yeah, but not with so your – I mean – if if I know I do that for like we're gonna our flight's gonna be in at three o'clock and 
my fam I come by my ADHD naturally. I come by it very environmentally. Um, I earned it and uh, I learned it. How about that? And so it's good for my parents to know when I'm like what time our flight's arriving, right? Or when our family's going to come or that this year we're having dinner at their house, but we're going to have the lunch of Thanksgiving at my in-laws house. Those kind of things are good, right? To make sure they're in writing because right. those are details. A relational conversation saying, hey, we don't feel safe. Um, we don't want to be the ones that get you and mom sick or you and dad sick or we're worried about y'all. Something heavy. Man, to have to sit down and, and go first with an email tells me there's some something about that dynamic. And it could be that they're childish and they are throwing a temper tantrum and being brats and they're lawyers and that's just how they choose to interact with w- the world. But I always want to ask the parents first, what is it about – there's something about that dynamic that they don't feel like they can come and just sit down and say, hey, guys. Hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I hadn't thought about that, but I think probably looking in the past growing up, there have been times where maybe as younger kids, they've said something and maybe we've come down too hard or not, maybe not um, respected their opinions as much as we should have. Gotcha. That's just something for you and your husband to think through. And, yeah. That's a broader picture of what kind of environment do we have here. The second thing is is when you're telling me this story, I'm thinking about two parents who raised a are they brother and sister? Yes. Who raised a brother and sister who in their 30s are a still talking, still communicating, still conspiring against mom and dad. Number 2 that have really strong beliefs and number 3 have either watched this, learned this, or have somehow developed strong boundaries as adults. As as somebody who has two little ones in my house, I want to tell you and your husband, y'all won. You created two independent yet still relationally connected siblings who draw firm boundaries, who have thoughts of their own, who are passionate about things to the point that they want to keep their parents safe so much that they're willing to not see them. And that's how strong their boundaries are. As a parent who's used to running the lives of their children, it feels like manipulation. But I want to flip it around and and tell you that it's a boundary and you should celebrate it. Even when the boundary is against you, well, that's not fair. It is. Yeah, it I'm is. Because now you're into the crappy part of parenting, which is little Johnny and Susie grow up and they turn into adults and you can't run their life anymore and you can't control them. You can't make them do anything. You just can love them. You, and right. man, you can play hardball like then we're not going to we're going to cut you out of the will. And we're gonna, that hurts you guys. You know what I mean? That hurts you guys. Yeah, you can. You can love them. You can give them your parent advice. You can even say, all right, mom, mom advice, and I'm mom, and I get to say whatever I want. And then you give your advice, and then you can say, all right, y'all can all roll your eyes now, but I said it so hot. You, you can do that all you want. But at this point, it's about relationship. And there's nothing more heartbreaking for me than watching a 60-year-old parent try to treat their 40-year-old daughter like she's 11 
it breaks my heart, right? Because you're you're ruining what could be a world class, hilarious, fun, nobody knows us better relationship, right? And it's one of still power and overlording, and it just the whole the whole dynamic is you're trying to hang on to it, and man, all you're doing is you're just gonna lose that forty year old, right? They're out. Unless you're going to take your money for your car or, or whatever. I know grown kids who are like their parents are 50 that are still in a parent's cell phone plan. Like, because it's a good deal. Man, come, come on, dude. So here's the last thing. You asked me, is the COVID vaccine worth the relationship? This doesn't sound like a COVID vaccine, a medical question for me. This sounds like you don't like your kids drawn a, a real firm boundary, put back in you and your husband into a corner. And it sounds like y'all are folks who don't like being backed into a corner, especially by your two snot-nosed little kids, and you'll show them. Is that more like it, or do you have a true scientific, we believe the science around the vaccine is going to kill us, and we don't want to die to the point that we're not going to be around our kids? No. Um we have concerns about getting it, and we're not completely against it. We just haven't decided at this point. But I think the big thing for us is that they have not asked us why. Mm-hmm. They haven't tried to understand our position. And, you know, we know their position, and we respect it. And But it, you know, but it really pisses you off. Yeah, not so much now, because it's, you know, it's been a couple of weeks. Okay. But, and we have... We have texted and talked in between, so it's not like they gave this and we haven't spoken at all. So that's good. But it's just more that they haven't tried to understand us. They haven't respected us. They had said that um, they respected other people for Mm -hmm. not getting it. That was their choice. If they get COVID, then that, that was all their choice. But because we're their parents, they feel very strongly that we should get it sure. because, you know, and I know that part of that comes out of love. I would say, I would say a hundred percent of it comes out of love. A hundred percent of them want, they think that they know what's best for their mom and dad. And so they're going to, they're willing to sacrifice that relationship for y'all's health. That's what it sounds like to me. Um, I, if I'm you, here's what I would do. I would respond to that email and say, thank y'all so, so, so much for, still working together as brother and sister. Thank y'all for putting your hearts out here. And I would also say, I'm so sorry that your dad and I have not created a home that we could have this conversation first before it turned in, before y'all felt like you had to write something. Your dad and I really want to talk to you guys about this. And so when y'all, if, if, and when y'all are ready to have like a zoom call or a, four-way call we'd love to have a conversation about this in person and i would approach it that way because what you're doing there is you're recognizing the strength of the way you trained your kids which is to have strong opinions to back it up to love the people in their world and to have boundaries y'all trained them to do that good for you that means you raised good humans and number two you are owning the fact that somewhere along the way you and your husband created a home environment that was not conducive to your kids calling and saying, hey, dad, I'm worried about you. Hey, mom, I don't like the way this is happening. And you can say, I don't care what you like. I'm your mom. I can do whatever I want. And that goes back and forth, but there's something there. So if you go first and just own it 
and then it lets all the air out of that drama. Like we sent the email, we're waiting on the reply. It lets all that air out of the drama, all, all the drama, out, the air out of that drama balloon. Right? It's gone. And then y'all can get to the actual root here, which is you want to have a relationship with your kids. They want to have a relationship with you so much that they've weaponized the relationship. You're thinking about weaponizing it back. And then this gives you guys an even playing field to have the hard conversation. And then the reality is if y'all are going to get the COVID vaccine, go get it, man. And then tell your kids, thanks for loving us. And then move on. This whole thing's over, right? Or you could say, we are absolutely not getting it. We're going to war and we're mom and dad and we're bigger than you. And we own the house and we're going to leave it to your idiot cousin. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Right. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. It does. And that um, helps me to word the email a little bit better. Helps us to word it better. The shorter, the better. The shorter, the better. That's always good. (laughs) And hey, that's a real baller power move too. Not that we're doing, we're not doing power here, but it's a really dope power move just to write back. Hey, thank y'all so much. We love that y'all did this. When y'all are ready to have a conversation with us, we'll set up the Zoom call and we'll do that. Um, right. And that, that you're not great. angry or frustrated or anything. I wasn't going to give my opinion on this. No, the vaccine's not worth your relationship for crying out loud. It's not. Those are your kids. They love you. You love them. It's not. But that's just my opinion. The world has become more and more chaotic and uncertain and loud. And it seems that everyone has anxiety. I've been there and so have you. It's why I wrote this small, direct, and personal book called Redefining Anxiety. In this book, I discuss what anxiety is, what it's not, and how you can get back on the road of being whole and well. Listen, you are not broken. And I'm living proof that you can get your life back. I wrote this book so everyone could read it, not just science nerds like me and my friends. And I priced it at 10 bucks so that everyone can afford it. This little book landed on the bestseller list and is now being purchased by the case and given away in counseling offices, universities, churches, and homes across the country. I don't care if you're a teenager or an executive or a 75-year-old grandmother, this book is for everyone. So go to johndeloney.com and get your copy of Redefining Anxiety today. All right. Let's go to Catherine in Atlanta, Georgia. Catherine, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dr. Deloney. I'm doing good. What are you doing? You having fun? <laughs> uh, you could say that. <laughs> yes. Um, I wanted to ask you, this relates to having fun. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> um, I have a newborn. <laughs> and I know I've heard you talk a lot about postpartum depression. Yes. And so coming out of giving birth, I was kind of anticipating that. And I did not realize that postpartum anxiety was a thing. And so I wanted it's to hear the worst. your thoughts on that. Well, number one, <laughs> I feel like I always have to give this disclaimer. Disclaimer. I haven't, nor will I ever have a kid. <laughs> I've never experienced this. And there's nothing worse than some man somewhere giving a woman advice on how her body should be feeling. It's super annoying, right? Can we all just agree on that? Right. Is that cool? Same team? Yeah. Same team? Okay, good. Now, uh, I have sat and walked alongside a bajillion, not a bajillion, that's a little bit overstated, um, a number of women who, again, have never experienced any of these. I have heard more horror stories about postpartum anxiety than I have postpartum depression. Okay. That it is brutal. Um, Walk me through some of your experiences. Yeah, 
Um, okay, well, there's been a few. <laughs> oh, I hold think, on, like... hold on. Just, you are the most lovely person I've talked to today. And I talked to James. <laughs> I talked to James, and he's usually the most lovely. You are. Because you're like, okay, I'll describe it. And I know you're about to describe some really awful stuff in your spirit. Is, you're just, oh, you're so wonderful. Okay, so well, go for you. it. How old, how old um, your little one, by the way? She is five weeks. She was born premature, though. So okay. she's like... Two, basically like two weeks if you if we went full term so um that in and of itself had some anxiety tied to it but yes uh, the kind of what more i'm looking for advice on is so like for example kind of on the two things that really get to me the most are at night like when i'm trying to sleep and then when i'm driving in the car and like i'll be driving this is probably the best one to start with I'll be driving and like, she'll be in the back seat and I'll just be thinking like, I haven't heard her make a noise in a while. I need to like pull over and see Mm. if she's okay. Or like, I just think in my head like, Oh, what if we get in a car accident? And then she just, I mean, she's in her seat. So she, nothing should happen, but Mm -hmm. I just think like, Oh, this is going to happen. Or, um, at night, it's kind of the same thing where I'm like trying to sleep. But then I think, oh, well, she's making a lot of noise. Maybe she's not breathing okay. Or uh, or yeah. the opposite, I'll say I, I haven't heard her. Maybe she's not breathing at all. And then I just, like, I can't sleep. Or I'm, like, constantly, like, trying to wake my husband up. Like, hey, can you go check on the baby? And it's just exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind the fact that I'm just not sleeping. But it's exhausting to be constantly thinking, like, something is wrong or something is about to be wrong. And if I'm not fully present there, you know, it's going to be all my fault. And then she's going to be gone and all this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So number one, thank you for saying those things out loud because I know they're scary to say out loud, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they make you feel crazy. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the moment, they feel super real, right? So it's both mm-hmm. and, right? Yeah. Um, have you had any intrusive thoughts? about that Um, that thought just pops in your head like about hurting the baby or about just running out the door and leave i mean have you had any of those two or is it mostly the ruminating and the worst casing it's mostly the worst casing and i would say like it really comes and i just can't get it out of my head like another example and that's it's a little bit more extreme i think Mm -hmm. um the first day that i was home by myself with the baby there was like a tornado warning And I literally was like one foot in the bathroom, one foot out of the bathroom. Like I can't hear the, I can't hear the sirens. I don't know if there are sirens at all. Mm. And I couldn't, I just couldn't get past this. Like, what do I do? Do I stay in the bathroom for the next six hours so that in case I can't hear the sirens, we're okay. Or like you, I just, I just couldn't function is really good word to put. Like I just couldn't do anything. I kind of sat there like, what do I do? That's right. Yeah. So, I've got good news for you, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. You're, you're not crazy. <laughs> Thank you. You're right exactly where you need to be. And it's okay. super frustrating and annoying and mm-hmm. exhausting. And you're, you're okay. Okay. All right. So, the, the nerd word for worst casing is catastrophizing. Mm-hmm. And worrying, like ruminating, it feels like you're... Those are productive thoughts because you're just on a loop, right? On a record player that's going 100 miles an hour. But you feel like you're 
that's good thinking because you're trying to solve problems. Like I'll just mm-hmm. do this and I'll turn the wheel this way. And if this happens, I'll just get up. I'll just get up. I'll just get up. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you said it so perfectly, those lead to not sleeping, which right. then set off your, every anxiety alarm you have because sleep is the magic cure for almost everything. Right. <laughs> right. And then you're not sleeping and then you wake up ding dong who's dead asleep next to you because he doesn't know any of this is going on (laughs) and he wants to be like great husband but doesn't even know what that means and so he gets up and stumbles through and then you feel guilty for waking him up right and then the whole Mm -hmm. thing just loops and loops and then tell me if i'm crazy then you end up a little more on alert and the best place to go when you're on alert is a screen to just scroll yeah. the news or to scroll Netflix and just to watch things because that's so good. And then right. you feel nuts and you spend a lot more time by yourself. Is all this ringing a bell? Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm going to give you a couple of things you can do while you're in the middle of all this and a couple of things you have to do. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. All right. Number one, be really, really nice to my friend, Catherine. Okay. She has a five-week-old baby at her house. Is this baby number one? Yeah. Yes. Everything you knew before now is all stupid. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. This matters so much. And then you have a kid. Nope. When I have a kid, it's going to look like this. Nope. I'm going to have this glorious pregnancy, and my husband's going to hold my hand. It's all going to be to term, and all the music's going to be playing, and the essential oil, whatever things. you. None of that happened, Right. <laughs> Early, right. was the C-section unplanned? Mm, yeah. Okay. It wasn't a C-section, but um, yeah, it was not planned. But early labor? Yeah, no, it wasn't planned. Okay. So one day you're just bebopping along and then you were like, oh no, this is happening. Okay. So yeah. none of those pictures look like you thought they were going to look. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's okay. What I want you to do is I want you to write down what you were hoping was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then smile real big and write down with your hand, not on a, on a computer, write down what actually did happen. Because it's okay. beautiful, too. It's just mm-hmm. different. Right. Right? And you got to make peace with the gap between what you thought and hoped was going to happen and the way you drew it up and the way Pinterest said this all works. And then the, the just baby's going to do what they're going to do on the, when it comes to delivery, right? And then yeah. when you're driving... When you are spinning out at night, when anxiety comes over you, the worst thing you can do with anxiety is try to fight it. Okay. Anxiety can't kill you, okay? So right. when you have those thoughts in your head like, oh my gosh, I'm getting a wreck, and you start holding the, the, the steering wheel tighter, right? And you keep checking right. the rearview mirror, checking and checking and checking. Catherine, your baby's okay. What I want you to do there is to say these words, I'm anxiety right now, or I'm worrying, or come up with some word that has more swear words in it. That's the way I would do it. Just call it out that it's happening. And what that does for you is it separates the immediate fear as though a lion is coming after you. It separates that towards, oh, my body's just lost its mind again. It's (laughs) it's recalibrating because it grew a human. And then shot it out. And now it's all trying to restore itself, right? So Mm -hmm. just acknowledge there's a gap between reality there. Oh, my gosh. My brain's on a merry-go-round again. (laughs) And then just ride the merry-go-round until it stops. 
Is it frustrating? Okay. Yes. Is it exhausting? Yes. But it will stop. And okay. when it, I got to get up, I got to get up, I got to get up, begin to gently lean into the third thing is I want you to write your fears down and then demand evidence from them. Okay. Okay. Is there a possibility? I'm going to speak really honest with you, okay? Is okay. there a possibility that your child is asleep and stops breathing? Yep, there is. Mm-hmm. SIDS. It's real, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it likely to happen? No, it's not. Not even close to statistically. Could it happen? Right. Yeah, but probably not. And what you're experiencing now is the utter risk and beauty and joy and terror of loving something so much and being like letting your heart just out walk around into the world and this is being a parent it's terrible and the greatest wonderful thing in the whole wide world so i want you to write down these fears and i want you to demand evidence from them could you get in a car wreck yeah is it going to happen almost 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 in no way right probably not yeah And then the last and most important thing is I want to make sure that you've got people in your life. Have a couple of people you can text. Do you have a couple of friends, girlfriends of yours that have had kids before that have been down this that you can text and say, ah, and they'll just write back, ah, and then that's it? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Okay. I want you to call them and say, you are now my go-to. You are my whatever. Don't give me terrible advice, but just tell me I'm not nuts. Okay. Okay. And I've watched several women that I care about and folks I don't even know that well, just been in a relationship with, that have used that to – it's just been such a gift, right? At 11 yeah. o'clock at night, is my body going to always – and they'll be like, nope. And you go, okay, good. And is my husband going to always – nope. Well, some husbands are idiots, but is this going to ha- – <laughs> nope, right? Is my baby yeah. going to – and they can write back, yeah, probably – And one day you're going to wake up and there's going to be a rash and you're going to think it is end times. It is, the world (laughs) is over, right? And then you can text your friend a picture of it and they'll say, no, that's just this. And you'll go, ah, okay, right? So having a gang with you and that gang's got to include your husband. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to make sure you're communicating with him, not in the middle of the night, not when you're exhausted, not when he's all trying to be hero or whatever. Um, Set aside some intentional time that y'all can just talk through. Your whole worlds are different now. Okay. He is going to try to imagine when it's going to go back to when the things were, when y'all just hooked up in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon because he came home from work early, and when y'all just got in the car and drove for a weekend somewhere. He's going to be trying to drag the past into now. Like, whenever we're going to get back to that. You hear people uh-huh. say, like, whenever COVID's over, we can just get back to It's like, homie, it ain't coming back. It's in a new world. And then you are going to have this picture of, oh, it's just going to be three of us, and we're going to go on walks with the stroller, and you're going to walk home, and that idiot's going to be sitting there with a video game controller in his hand or something, and you're going to lose your mind, right? So make sure y'all are communicating regularly about, hey, how are you this week? How are things this week? What did we think it was going to look like, and how is it different? It's never going to be the way y'all drew it up, and that's okay. What's the only not okay thing is if y'all aren't talking about it, because then you're going to grow together. And then that's when you're going to say, man, you've been picking up that controller a lot. Are you freaked out to have a new little baby girl in your house? And he'll say, yes, I'm scared. And then you can say, you're dumb. 
go hold your daughter. I'll go play. And vice versa. He could say, hey, I've seen you just scrolling on your phone a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot lately. Are you doing okay? And then he could say, no, I'm not. You can say to him, I'm not. I'm actually pretty anxious. I'm nervous. A big important caveat here, Catherine, is this. If the anxiety gets heavy, if you get to where you're not sleeping for night and night and night on night on end, make sure you're being honest with your doctor. Okay, make sure you talk to your doctor about these things when you go in for your checkups, when you go in for the baby's checkup. Absolutely and nothing you've told me makes me think you're broken in any shape, form, or fashion. You're exactly where you should be. You've got a new, beautiful baby, five-month-old girl. Everything's different now. Everything's chaos. Your body's still adjusting. Your brain and heart's still adjusting. Your house is still adjusting. Everything's adjusting. But make sure you're being open and honest with your doctor, too. If things get scary, go see your doctor. Things get uncomfortable, things get dark, make sure you reach out. I'm so grateful for your call. Congratulations. And come visit us in Nashville and make sure you bring that little baby girl. I'm going to give you a couple of copies. I'm gonna, uh, Kelly's going to send them to you, a couple of copies of my Redefining Anxiety book. There's not a postpartum section in there because I'd be an idiot if I wrote that. But there is some really clear things you um you can learn about anxiety, what you can do about it. And I'm going to send you two because I want your husband to read one too. And look him in the eye and say, read, read this for me. And he will because he's trying. He doesn't know what to do. But it will help him give a picture of you. And he's probably anxious too. Okay? Thank you so much for your call and your bravery. And your baby girl is so, so fortunate to have you as her mom. All right. Let's take one more call. Let's go to Tony. In Los Angeles, California. I don't even know what that accent was. I think that accent was my pirate accent. Los I don't know, man. Sorry, Tony. It's all good. This show's getting uh, off the rails today, brother. Here. No, thank you, man. <laughs> I, What's up? Yeah, no, I just want to hey, also shout out your team. Uh, you guys have an awesome team over there. Uh, totally disagree. Else. Totally uh, disagree. Yeah, well. And I also want to shout out Team Fender, uh, just so I have the chance My to. My man! Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey Tony, so, the, si- the signal's uh, bad. We can't oh, hear man. you anymore. <laughs> so yeah, the reason for my call, um, just to get straight down to it, is I got a buddy who's um, struggling with alcoholism. Okay, um, hiding it from his wife, uh, denying it. Um, when we kind of ask him about it, um, Bentley come into Bible studies that we host on uh, weekends. He's come um, at least one time last week, um, definitely under the influence, and then. Notice that he's came to other like softball games, kind of an influence, but um, is totally just no. I'm fine. No, knows he struggled with it in the past, but he just doesn't want to uh, basically admit that he's been under the influence. Um, and then recently, we've had to um, deny some of our friends with driving with him because we're just not sure. Hey, is he going to be as you know <laughs> capable of driving? And some of our family friends who have kids because he has a, you know granddaughters, and we're like, hey, we just want to let you guys know this is the situation um and i i've called him the days after just to kind of say you know love on him and say hey man you know i just want to make sure everything's okay mm-hmm. you know what's going on is there something we can come alongside you and he's just like no everything's great um you know pie in the sky my marriage is doing great which you know unfortunately we know that it is a little rocky obviously because of the situation mm-hmm. and you just want to know the right steps we don't want to come out attacking we just want to be able to love on him and bridge those gaps like as a community to just to kind of walk alongside him with this. Well, I appreciate your heart, brother. And um, appreciate you wanting to do this right. And these are messy. Friendships are hard, especially when your friends are hurting. Um, 
How long have you been in a relationship with this dude? How long have y'all been buddies? So we've known each other for more than probably five, six, about five, six years. Okay. Is his wife part of the gang too? She is. Yeah. So we're all kind of, we have a really tight family, um, family group community. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, some of us go to separate churches, but we do try to meet once a week um, for our study. And then also once a month to do a park day with all their kids and our families. And we just try to have that community aspect for getting out there doing things. And okay. so we're in, we're in each other's lives a lot. Yeah. Um, some, some of us more than others, because some of us, you know, our the age gap is different. You know, me and my wife are in our thirties. This Mike and his wife are in their late fifties, but we're all kind of still living life together. So this is a a dude who's almost sixty years old who's struggling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is going to be hard because he looks at you like his kid, right? And he looks at you like a little whippersnapper that he's helping through life, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm, man. And and he's he's come to me and the guys before telling us that he had a struggle with this and it was it was pretty vague. It was probably a few months ago. He's like, Yeah, you know, I, I struggle with drinking, you know, I I my, me and my wife kind of know that we need to step back on it a little bit. I feel like I have to hide it, but then sometimes we go out and have drinks together. So it was we never really got like a clear cut answer if he was looking for sobriety or if he was just trying to Yeah not drink as much and, and we just never really got a a clear definition. Even I asked some of the guys and they didn't really understand what that kind of meeting was about either. What he was trying to ask of us. Yeah. So I'm going to answer this dude. This isn't always the right answer in this situation. Addiction is really tricky. I'm going to answer this as though he was my friend. Okay. And I have a reputation with my friends that I will lean directly into hard conversations. Okay, mm. and um, I've got friends who do the same thing for me. I've got friends for, that are years and years, whether it's Craig or Trevor or John or Todd, guys that I've known for years, and they will say, "Hey, I remember my buddy Kevin said I made a joke about my wife. This is ten years ago, and he said, "Hey, just for the record, never again.'" Right. And he's still a close buddy. Right. So I've, that's the kind of community I run with. And so a guy like this, you've been friends with for five or six years. This is a guy that I'm going to take out and I'm going to take him with a couple of us. And we're going to tell him, hey, um, we're not asking anymore. We know that you're struggling and we're here to be a part of this solution. We're here to help any way that we can. Um, but we're not going to let you put people in harm's way anymore. And we're going to ask you if you're drunk, don't come, don't come to church, right? Don't come out to the softball fields. If you're drunk, we really want you here. Um, And here's the thing you and your buddies are going to have to know, Tony, this is bigger than you. This isn't something that y'all can solve and fix. And so he needs to go to meetings and he needs to make a decision that he's going to go get well. So this is a matter of y'all walking alongside him, calling it out, shining a light on this thing. And then saying, we'll be here to walk with you, brother. But also here are our, our boundaries for being safe. I would never cut a friend out of my life unless it got to the point that they were unsafe. You know, they were being off color. They were being ugly. And, and you know what I mean? Um, but I will mm-hmm. draw boundaries around certain things. So there are some friends in my life who I love more than life itself. But I don't have them around my kids. Not because I'm gonna think they're gonna abuse or anything, but they just they just they run their mouth and they talk trash around. I don't want to run my kids, 
And I love them, dude. They're hilarious. They're fun. And they actually know. I will tell them, hey, if you're going to keep talking like that, dude, I'm not going to let you my kids. And they say, I know, man. Sorry, dude. I'm not going to change it. And that's cool. We're still friends. But here's my boundary. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And if I've got a buddy who's in recovery, if I've got a buddy who's struggling with alcohol, after the game, I'm going to be, again, this is how I handle these things. I'm not going to order a beer. I'm going to be a person exactly. of hospitality. I'm going to make sure that that guy has at least one person at the table not drinking. And if he does order a beer, I'm going to say, don't do that, man. Not tonight. And I do that, and if I know a buddy is really working out hard on his nutrition, and I see him, I'll say, not today, man, and just keep walking. And they'll go, I know, I know. And I do that because I've got people in my life who do it for me. And it's just a way of, uh, if somebody doesn't invite me to that, though, I don't walk up to some rando in the cafeteria here at Ramsey, and I'm like, oh, wow, Rice Krispie Treat, huh? I don't do that, man. They didn't invite me into that conversation. But it sounds like this cat has invited you in. He is a part yeah. of your life, relationally and otherwise. And so as far as I'm concerned, you have an obligation to tell him the truth, and you do it with the idea towards um, helping him be well, and you can only be well in relationship, right? Right. And so that that's how I'm handling that, dude. We're all going to lunch one night, or we're all going to get breakfast one day, and nobody orders – well, some people order drinks at breakfast. James, yeah. some people order drinks at <laughs> breakfast, but go get breakfast and – then y'all have that conversation. Say, hey, we're worried about you. We know this is a thing. In our group, we don't lie to our wives. We just don't. We don't hide crap from each other. We tell the truth. Clearly, you're struggling with alcohol. How can we help? And let him opt out. Does that sound right? That sounds great. Cool. I would, yeah. um, as cheesy as this sounds, I'd probably pregame it with my buddies. I'd probably get two or three guys and say, hey, we're going to all go out. And more than that, then it feels like an intervention, like one of those TV shows. Um, but two or three guys, and I would talk about it before you go. Um, hey, I'm going to do the talking, or you do the talking, or let's set this up in this way. But that way, there's, there's not all that weird, awkward. And then there's always one idiot that pops off with something dumb, like, oh, yeah, no, whatever. I struggle with, it's not about y'all's struggles. It's about, hey, brother, we see that you're hurting, and how can we love you? So I appreciate your heart, Tony, even though you um, don't know what makes a good guitar. I appreciate your heart, and the world needs more people like you who want to lean into their their friends' lives and um, love on them a little bit better. And again, man, addiction's hard. He may explode. He may start crying. He may say, y'all are stupid idiots and just leave. Understand that that's his choice to make. Let him know that he's loved. Never stop pursuing him, but also... Don't give him carte blanche to run all over everything. Make sure you've got firm boundaries there, right? Thank you for your heart, Brother Tony. All right, as we wrap up, this is actually the second time I'm doing this ending today because I acted all cool and hip and was like, all right, the song of the day, and it turns out it was a song I've already done before. So how's that for um, planning? In most shows, there's this cool position called the executive producer. I don't know. Um, housed by James, who would say, hey, here's... You've already done that song. Uh, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's exactly what I told you. <laughs> that is literally what just happened. He executively produced it. I finished the whole ending. It was great. Mike dropped, and then he came over to the thing and said, um, we've already done that song. So thanks, man. So the greatest song of all time is not the one we just did. That one's down on the floor. It's from this awesome tiny little punk rock album. It's one of my favorites of all time. 1983 Out of Step by the the pioneers 
of American punk rock, Minor Threat. They're one of the pioneers. My, hey, punk rock people, you guys, you have lots of opinions. I know they're not the, they're one of the. So let's all take a breath and exhale out of our noses. Off the 1983 record, Out of Step, Minor Threats, Little Friend, and it goes like this. There are no words for what I want to say. No description for what I feel. It's a non-emotion. It's something gray way down inside of me. Cue the music, James. Swell it up slowly. Listen to that producer producing back there. You could call it anger. You could call it fear. You could call it frustration. That's how he says it's awesome. That's as close as you'll get. That's as close as any of us are going to get right here on the Dr. John Deloney Show. <laughs> 